The Fantasy Focus Football Podcast is presented by GEICO. Whether you rent or own, GEICO makes it easy to bundle home and auto insurance. Go to GEICO.com today. The Fantasy Focus Football Podcast is presented by ZipRecruiter. Forgetting to put Marquez Valdez-Scantling in your Week 6 lineup, that was not smart. But using ZipRecruiter to find qualified candidates fast, that's smart. ZipRecruiter identifies people with the right skills, education, experience for your job, then actively invites them to apply. Try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash 06010. ZipRecruiter.com slash 06010. Week seven. Good morning and welcome into the Fantasy Focus Football Podcast. Field Yates, Matthew Barry, there and we go. Mike Clay here. I just realized something. Usually what happens is I start the podcast out and Matthew cuts me off about three seconds into the show. Right. Because you correct something that really doesn't need to be corrected. Yep. Like I'll say and but that's this kind morning, of the that's kind of what I do. This morning I realized that I opened the podcast by saying good morning. As if everybody listening to this podcast is listening to it before 12, 12 noon. Yeah. Surprised you didn't call me out for that one, Dad. Yeah, well, we're working on that bad, one, huh? Off to a bad start. Yep, someone, <laughs> off to a bad start. Uh, Listen, I, I'm, at, I'm, I'm in a bad mood, so it, it is what it is. It's fine. I'm, I'm letting everything go at this point. I'm, okay. I'm in a bad mood. I'm in a bitter mood. I'm depressed. I'm, um, I'm maudlin. I'm maudlin. I'm, I'm hurt. You're modeling? No, maudlin. What does that mean? M a u d l i n. You've never heard, you've heard of maudlin, you know, right? It is National Dictionary Day, so I am so not surprised that Matthew Berry. Pulled that rabbit out of his hat right that's there. Not a, right? That's not a rabbit out of my hat. That's a. I don't know that one either. Maudlin. I, I have heard maudlin before. It's like a self pity kind Kyle of thing. Kyle shaking his hand. No, Tom Carpenter sitting in for not cool Keith. Tom Carpenter, you've heard of that, right? Absolutely. It's uh, you know, you're not in a happy place. Right. Exactly. Tarika. Now I'm with Field on this one. Thank First you, Tarika. I'm gonna really quickly read what it means. Yeah. yeah. Twitter poll, by the way, Kyle. Do you know what maudlin means? M-A-U-D-L-I-N. Modeling. It, I'm going to say this. Self-pityingly or tearful, sentimental, often through drunkenness. So we might have to <laughs> oh, have a different conversation after the podcast, no. Matthew. Oh, Matthew. Just, I'm just, how do you know this is water? That's, that's, that's all I'm going to say. Fair question. I'm just going to say, it's clear liquid. That's all you can prove at the moment. It's half drunken. And it's... uh Drunken, is that correct? Half, half drunk. Half you, drink. you can say modeling, but maybe not like half, like half consumed. It's half, half you know what? It's half full, Matthew. Because I, half you know what I see right there? It's, it's, a, it's a bottle that's half empty. Is half what that is. full bottle right there. Let's get to the football. Rewind. Fantasy news from the National Football League. This is the instant replay. Down that wedding crashers, one of the first scenes, reincarnation right there. On the podcast, fine. We'll just talk about Aaron Rodgers. I hear all of you that want your football. The Packers win thirty-three to thirty in a game that was way sweeter than most of us were expecting it to be. Thirty-three to thirty with Mason Crosby, the hero, hits four field goals last night, including an expiring yeah. game winner uh, oh, yeah. to give him the thirty-three to thirty win. Aaron Rodgers it was great. Was simply brilliant. It wasn't he playing against Aaron Rodgers or anything. It was the great. First person, the first player <laughs> or in Mason NFL Crosby. history to throw four hundred or more yards in consecutive games without throwing an interception in either of those games. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers go on a bye, but this was vintage Aaron Rodgers last night. Not much to say about it besides that, yeah, right? I mean, listen, that's right. Bye, get your Yeah, that's right. Beat he uh he beat the 49ers, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Let the, I mean, here's what the it's so 
I mean, the guy's just magic, right? He just, he's just like, I tweeted, you know, there goes that bad, bad man, which, you know, a lot of people talk about as well. He's just unbelievable. All that said, Mike Clay, it was the 49ers. How True. bad is this offense? True. I mean, it's, it's, I, it, really, it felt like to me, I'm sorry, I answered your question and didn't let you answer it, but I, I, it <laughs> felt on. like to me, no, 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 it felt like to me, I tweeted this out too, it felt like to me literally Aaron Rodgers against the entire 49ers team. Like, somebody give this man some help. Yeah, I mean, it was it was ridiculous right out of the gate from both sides, right? Neither defense really showed up for that game. It's second night in a row, actually. Sunday night football was, what, 43-40, then we got a 33-30. That's been the yep. story of the year in the NFL Pretty so good. far this season, but... I mean, yeah, I, it, right when it looked like Rodgers was hurt, right? He went down, he hit his knee, and we're like, uh-oh, you know, there's some trouble here. He takes off for a 20-some-yard scramble. Yard then gain. off his yeah. back foot, hits those two, three long passes. I mean, it was, that last drive was, was incredible. So, uh, you know, bold take here. He's a, he's a good quarterback and, and a good fantasy quarterback. This as well. is why we bring Mike aboard for Hashtag his bold takes take. like that. But let's wow. get stuff. Let's good get, fantasy let's, quarterback. I'm going to write that one down. <laughs> let's on. get to the Started stuff that week. I think people were really asking Next about week. last night because the very, First snap that he saw, our very first touch that he saw last night, Aaron Jones, who started for the Packers on their second offensive play from the 17-yard line, runs in for what looked like a touchdown. It was ruled a touchdown on the field. It was subsequently overturned upon video review, and the Packers threw to somebody else who eventually caught a touchdown. It was Ty Montgomery, and actually in the box score— It was not a receiving touchdown. It was not a receiving touchdown, and so they they ruled that it was thrown behind the line of scrimmage, so— Ty Montgomery gets a rushing touchdown, even though when you watch the play, you're like, oh, well, at least Rodgers got it. So, like, literally no one, because no one was starting Ty Montgomery. Mm-hmm. So, no one gets fantasy points from that. And once again, I said this last week. I will say it again. And you can throw this one back in my face, by all means. But I have said this many times, and I truly believe this. That if the Packers don't, this was a bad win for the Packers. I mean, they won. They're, I'm sure they're win, happy they won. Win, yep. But that's a bad win. They were nine and a half point favorites. This is a bad win. And so this is a team that I think you, if I'm a fan of this team, I'm nervous about this team just from an NFL perspective. I believe that Mike McCarthy, if, if the Packers don't make the playoffs and go at least win at least one round in the playoffs, I believe Mike McCarthy is fired. And I believe that among the reasons that will contribute to him fire, being fired is his refusal to go to Aaron Jones, to not use his best players and put them in a position to play. And I know other people like will say, oh, you're just looking at fantasy. I'm not. Aaron Jones is, I'm not just looking at fantasy. I'm watching the game. I'm watching the film, and he's the best player in that backfield. And I don't think it's all that close, Mike Clay. Yeah, I mean, as a pure rusher, absolutely. He's been he's been running away with it uh, for sure. He's been effective since his days in college. I mean, his senior yeah. year at UTEP, he was fantastic. So it is kind of shocking, but... Again, we, what we want, it's, it can tend to be wishful thinking. The coaches aren't always going to do what we want them to do. And that's been the case with Aaron Jones. He's been on the field for right around handling about 40% of the carries in a very small passing game work. I mean, he actually played 27% of the snaps last night. That's his yeah, second he was, lowest he, he, of the season. Jamal Williams and Ty Montgomery both play more snaps than Aaron Jones, who only gets 19 snaps mm-hmm. in a game in which once again, when he was out there, he was effective. It's unbelievable to me, Field Yates, and it just, <laughs> Until we see it on the field, meaning until we see the Packers commit to this guy. Right. So again, we are going to be free Aaron Jones. Free Aaron Jones. Who wants to go to the streets with me? Who wants to build a sign? uh, Thirsty Kyle, build me a sign. 
We're going to be one week too late on Aaron so, Jones. I want some poster. As Matthew builds his beautiful, go to ticket to college game day. They're going to be in. Uh, they're going to be out in Washington State, uh, Pullman, Washington, I believe, is where Washington State is. That would be is. great. So go out there this weekend. And um, by the way, well, anyone listening that's in, here's what you guys do for college game day because I'm sure there'll be people that listen to this show that go and check that out. It's always a big, it's a it's huge a, you, first time ever going to Washington. State. Right, exactly. Yep. So someone throw up a free Aaron Jones, and then <laughs> and then in the corner like an O six O one O. Hashtag 06010. So we know Smart it's Smart idea by you. Now, the Packers go on to buy this weekend, and then, then they return, obviously, two, uh, well, 12 days from now. We expect at that point, given the fact that Geronimo Allison and Randall Cobb were close to playing this week, that both of them will be ready for week eight. We don't know for sure, but that's our presumption as of right now. So although Marquez Valdez-Scantling had a number, another three-catch, 103-yard effort yesterday— like, it's hard for me to say that he has value going into week eight is anything more than a handcuff to Cobb or Allison or even Devontae Adams if you have those players on your roster. No, I don't believe so. I believe that's the correct term is that he's a handcuff because you think about even though we want them to commit to Aaron Jones, the running back is involved. So you've got the whoever the running back is plus Jimmy Graham. So you're talking about Marquez Valdez-Scantling as maybe the fifth or sixth option on this offense. And he's a talented young player, and he's certainly interesting in dynasty or keeper leagues. But he's not somebody that I feel like I'm rostering in a 10- or 12-team league unless you have super deep benches or, again, like Allison or Cobb's injury proves to be more serious. Not sure what was the most surprising thing we saw from the 49ers offense last night. A lot of wrinkles to sort of... Uh, to dissect right now. Let's begin with the very, very good Marquise Goodman. Four catches, 126 yards, two before touchdowns. We, before we move on to the 49ers, I just want to point this out that I, I just suggested this on Twitter. I'm curious if you guys are cool with this. That, if, that, you know, as we look for sort of nicknames. So for the Packers running backs, can we call them the tortoise and the hare? You remember the kids book field right. that I read to you when you were a young child last week? But yes. yeah, I put you on my knee and, and, yes. you know, before you went to bed. Right. Tortoise and the hare. But there's three. So do the math on this one right. for me. We but well There's three so, backs. Yeah, okay. So let's break this down. Okay. So um so anyway, uh the tortoise would be Jamal Williams. But could you call could okay. you combine him That's and Ty Montgomery into one person and call in, him the Titus? The tortoise? Oh the Titus? No. Titus. Um, and the, then and Aaron Jones is the hare. And hey, see uh, Thirsty Kyle, look up who else is in the tortoise and the hare, because they they, they they encounter like they a race somebody else. They, well yeah. they race somebody else and they, like they encounter involved, like a, a right? beaver or an owl or a frog or somebody. Like along the way they talk to people. It's been a while since Field and I since I read that to Field to put him in bed. Yeah. Um well look, I can barely remember what I did yesterday. But yeah, I like that as the, as a nickname for the tortoise and the hare. Tortoise and the hare, and I know the tortoise wins the race in the book. Hashtag spoiler alert. But the, the so the tortoise wins the <laughs> wins Which the race, and he is winning. Right, it, it, it is, it is. It should be, it should be the hare. But a rare, Lord. accurate nickname from Matthew Barry. Now let's get to the 49ers because again, yes, thank you. Marquise Goodwin was awesome last night. He had a 67 yard touchdown early on in the game, and then sprinted past for another touchdown. And I love the celebration. A triple jump in the end zone, and he got super far, at least a yeah, long he jump. He was He's an Olympic athlete for a reason, is Marquise Goodwin. Uh, four catches on five targets. Do we think this is a thing going forward? Like, should we be buying the idea that C.J. Beathard to Marquise Goodwin is a potential either DFS stack, or could Goodwin crack like your 12-team league flex play ranks? 
Yeah, I mean, he was on the field for 95% of the snaps, so he's back. And yeah. remember, coming into the season, we all kind of viewed him as a flex, yep. maybe a wide receiver three, maybe if you loved him, a wide receiver two. But he's, we viewed him as the number one pass catcher yeah. on the 49ers. Or, I mean, him and Kittle were both guys that we liked a lot coming into the season. Right, And but he's healthy now. He's, yes. he's fully involved in this offense. And C.J. Beathard, I think he's, you know, we've seen some interceptions, some turnovers from him, some mistakes, but overall he's played a lot better than we thought, way better than last season, way better than... His last season in Iowa, where I didn't think much of him, we I think we were all shocked he went in the third round. So he's taken a step forward, and that's all you really need from a fantasy perspective. You need a guy that's going to come out, be somewhat competent, and chuck the ball to his top weapons. That's why we always loved Ryan Fitzpatrick, right? He didn't have to be efficient. He just had to get the ball down the field to these guys. And he'll throw it to Goodwin. We saw that last night. Obviously, it's a downgrade from Garoppolo, but... Uh, we still like him as as the number one weapon, on, at least on the perimeter in this offense. So yeah, I'm, I'm, he's back in the flex mix for me. Question: I, I would agree with that, especially when you think about this defense. This is a team that's going to have to throw. I mean, it's just it's it's a defense that played well, quote unquote, mm-hmm. last night to contain Aaron Rodgers to just 33 points. I mean, people felt. I think people honestly come away from that game, and yes, they you know they they sort of collapsed on that last drive. But I think people come away from that game saying like, you know, the 49ers defense actually played well. And then you look at it like they gave up 33 points. Yeah. I mean, so so yeah, I think it's ultimately somebody that's going to have to get a lot of volume and target. Goodwin is not just a deep threat. Obviously, that's what we saw a lot last night. But he's somebody that has a, a very full route tree. It's one of the things that Kyle Shanahan talked about in this offseason. Pierre Gosson looks like a ghost of his former self. It's it's unfortunate. Uh, Four catches, 37 yards for him. He is droppable in a 10-team league if you need the 100%. roster spot. And I can't imagine it gets much better than... Four for 37, five for 50 in a given week. Like the ceiling is so low for Pierre Garcon. But where it also got interesting last night was the running backs because last night we thought that Matt Breida might sit out this game. Instead he plays, not only plays, he plays really well. 14 rushes for 61 yards and a touchdown. Now no involvement in the passing game from any 49ers running back other than Kyle Juszczyk, but it was still good enough and Breida looked, did not look a guy that was hurt, but even more surprising than that. So I have a question. Okay. I have a question. This is a question for you, Secret Squirrel, as producer of this show. So this is a question to Daniel Dopp. Because I'd like to talk a little bit about Alfred Morris and his usage. Oh, okay. I have some thoughts. Sure. So here's my question, because we're live on Twitter right now. Mm-hmm. I can either do it now okay. and share my thoughts, or I can wait till after the Twitter um, so I'm audience leaves, and I can candidly use the full complement of language that I would like. Matthew? Yeah, go ahead. Would you like to have a job tomorrow? Give me a minute. <laughs> you know what I think? What? I think we save it for the end of the show. Okay. For those podcast listeners, if you're watching on Twitter, maybe come back, listen to the podcast. Make sure you subscribe and download, and then download, unsubscribe and resubscribe. That's right. Subscribe, that's fine. download to the then podcast. I will, then I will, here's what I'm going to do then. I'm going to take this discussion off, and Thank I you. will give my thoughts on this um, at the end of the show. But right, I will so, say this, this, this is part of my depression. Was the, what happened last night? Your modeling, my modeling, state of being, <laughs> my modeling, my depression. Yeah, Matt honestly, my 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 wife and kids want me to have a job tomorrow. Okay. As yeah. for myself, I'm, I'm not convinced. So Mike and I will handle this then. Matt Breida played well yesterday, yeah. Mike. It did not look like a player that had been hurt the week before. But Raheem, Raheem Mostert, who is normally just a total tail kicker on special teams, excellent coverage player, not a running back that we're thinking about much in this 49ers offense. He ran, and he ran really well as well. 
Like, do you believe, because I'm not saying you need to go out and grab Raheem Mostert and start him next week, but do you believe that the Alfred Morris thing was more than just a one-game anomaly, or is he just done in this backfield? Well, I, I don't know if there was some conversation going on in the press box at this game or whatever, but I threw that that out there last night. I said, has Mostert passed out Alfred Morris on the death chart? And a bunch of the beat writers started coming back really quickly saying, well, it, it, we think it's just game plan dependent, right? They wanted to attack the Packers defense with speed. So Morris didn't play. They used Mostert, you know, on the perimeter, obviously made some big plays. So that's that was really my only takeaway. I don't oh. know how much to, to look into that or how much to buy into that right now. And I'm not uh, discrediting that thought. My question is this is like, so what are you going to want to attack a defense with that Alfred Morris provides? Like, hey, we want to. That's my thinking. We want to like, attack Alfred right. Morris with his veteran grit. <laughs> yeah, that is understanding of the offense. Dude, I am with you there. I, I don't fully understand why you would just say, well, no, he's an inferior back, but he runs fast. So this is how we're going to win the game. I, I don't think it's overly logical to, to go that direction. But Moser did run well. He's a great athlete. He's always been kind of intriguing and he's hung around right. the NFL. So maybe they just decide, hey, he brings a new element to this game. By the way, he's averaging. Five and a half yards per carry in his career. He's looked good this season. I yeah. think that uh, it would not surprise me at all if he got more run going forward in this backfield. But really quickly on Breida, by the way, talk about consistency. He's been top 30 at running back five straight weeks, uh, including top 21 in three of those games. So he's been delivering the goods as an RB2. You can't count on his efficiency necessarily being off the charts, but... The guy is is their lead back, and he's playing really good football. So you can start him with confidence. Again. I can't wait anymore. I'm sorry. I, I, I just I'm, it is what it is. If I don't have a job tomorrow, I don't have a job tomorrow. But I have to say, so Eric Branch, who does a great job covering the uh, the 49ers for the San Francisco Chronicle, wrote this in the San Francisco Chronicle quote: After he initially was termed doubtful to play Monday by head coach Kyle Shanahan, again Eric covers the 49ers has done it for a number of years for the for, for the Chronicle. After he was initially termed doubtful to play Monday by head coach Kyle Shannon, 49ers running back Matt Breida played against the Packers with his problematic leg and was part of a strong first-half rushing attack. Breida capped a game-opening drive with a three-yard touchdown run, had 37 yards on eight first-half carries, and teamed with surprise backup Raheem Mostert to headline a ground game that 114 yards and averaged 7.1 yards per carry in the first quarter. Breida, who finished the game with 61 yards on 14 carries, officially was questionable to play. And the little-used Mostert seemed unlikely to have much of a role after he lost a fumble in a five-carry, 11-yard performance in Week 5. So Raheem Mostert, off of a five-carry, 11-yard fumble performance from the week before, gets all this run. And Alfred Morris, who was listed as the starter the entire week, Alfred Morris, who had led the team in red zone touches, even when Brita was going off, Alfred Morris was the guy that had the most touches in the red zone. He actually was out snapping Matt Breida. Matt Breida was more effective, but Alfred Morris was the guy that actually was getting more run, was getting more red zone looks coming to this game. And you know what? Some people, and by some people, I mean me, this guy was down by nine, 0.9 points. Literally, I needed one point from Alfred Morris. One stupid point. One stupid point in a league in which I've lost five straight by less than three points. I lost two weeks ago to the guy that started Mitch Trubisky against me. Six touchdowns. I lost by three points to a guy that had a six-touchdown quarterback. And so here I am in a league with Sony Michelle and James White and Carson Wentz. It's an unbelievable team. It's a team that crushes it. Christian McCaffrey, I dominated this draft. And I need one stupid point because the guy against me starts Tyrell Williams. Who starts Tyrell Williams? But this guy does. 
because he doesn't know what he's doing. But yet here he is. He's up 0.9. I need one point, one stupid point from Alfred Morris. And do I get that point? I don't get that point. I don't get that point. It's one point. It's one stupid point. He actually gets it because this league gets you points for first downs. So he got one snap. And he got an eight-yard carry, and he converts the first down. I win. But no, of course, because you know what happens? The 49ers, the 49ers have a holding penalty, and it gets called back, and it's its only snap. And so I tell you what, Kyle Shanahan, that's karma. That is karma right there. That's why you guys lost. So you did not win that matchup. I did not win that <laughs> matchup. I'm I'm praying for a stat correction. It's it was the, it's the most frustrating loss. I've been playing fantasy sports for 30 years and it is the most frustrating loss I have ever had in my life. One point. I needed one point from a guy that had come off a 12 carry his best game of the season, 15 touches the week before, and he doesn't get it for a guy that fumbled last week 5 for 11. Are you kidding me? I got to say, Matthew, a stat correction is probably going to be tough on a zero carry for zero yard performance. (laughs) But, you know. I just, that felt good to get out. I just. I'm actually really proud of you for letting all of us keep our jobs while you still keep your job and you got everything out at the same time. You didn't curse one time. Thank you for not making my job harder, Matthew. Yeah, that was good. Is the Twitter live feed still on or no? Twitter live feed is still on and they are loving it. I got to be honest, they are loving it. I Honestly, but it's. You know, I like I went on a little bit of this rant on Twitter last night and people were like, you know, hey, some people said, hey, it's good to know you're still one of us. Like, I think sometimes people think like, oh, whatever, I, I'm ESPN senior fantasy analyst or whatever, and I don't care. But I care. Make I care. I, I'm in 12 leagues. I care about every single league. I care about every single match. And like this league has driven this league that the specific league that I'm talking about drives me nuts. I've 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 I have a good team, even despite the fact that Le'Veon Bell hasn't showed up. And I was like, well, this is finally my week. You know what I mean? Like, and, uh, I mean, it's just, it's, it's mind numbing. I, I mean, uh, Raheem Mostert, every beat writer, like Matt Barrows, who covers the team for the athletic and does a good job for them as well. He's covered the team for a number of years. Very respected beat writer. He apologized on Twitter saying, I'm sorry. He recommended a, to people saying, like, if you in fantasy, I would start Alfred Morris. The guys that practice every day, Matt Breida had one limited practice. One limited practice. Mikhail Shannon literally called him doubtful. It serves him right. And I swear to God, I think that is karma. That's why they lost that game. Because it, that it's karma. You think you think I'm wrong? I, I don't know. Because they should have won that game and they didn't. I'm just telling you. Sorry, I wish Stefania were here. <laughs> I, got, I don't know how to move on other than to just sort of awkwardly segue to the next topic, which I think is a library. I'll, I'll, move on. I'll move on. I'll move on real quick. And I'll just say this. I'm doing a waiver wire segment for the fantasy show on ESPN Plus later today. Yeah. I put Raheem Mostert on the list. As somebody that thinks, honestly, I, I, and I know what you're, as we, as you just sort of said before I did that rant, I thought the guy looked good. I mean, real, like my, my fantasy needs aside, I thought it was probably the right call from, from Kyle Shannon. Now I wish there'd been a little bit of heads up, you know, like, hey, he's moved him past the depth chart or something like that, or like, Something from any one of the number of people that cover that team saying like, "Hey, you mean Mostert? Mostert looks like he's figuring more heavily into the game plan this week." You mean like his thirteen career carries before he had twelve in this game? Right. I mean, like <laughs> again, five for eleven the week before, and he lost a fumble. Like, what about that from last week? That's Tells you like this promotion. is the guy. This is the guy that we should put into prime time. But um, 
I don't know how you, based on what he did Monday night, I don't know how you go back to Alfred Morris in any kind of significant role. Brita certainly looks healthy. Yes, I, Alfred Morris, I think, except in the deepest, deepest of leagues, droppable in all formats. Yep. I, I'm just, I could not have been more wrong on Alfred Morris. Matthew, like from the start of the season till now, till last night. And th- there you go. That's fantasy karma for me too, for believing in Alfred Morris. Like, I'm, <laughs> you don't make it all better. Just read that. I'm going to read it instead. Well, uh, this will make it better actually, because I'm reading about SeatGeek, because I do love SeatGeek. So there you go. Here's a happy topic. You want to talk about a happy topic? It's SeatGeek. Getting tickets online can be far too complicated, Field, for somebody that has a feeble mind like myself. Make no mistake about it. It is tough. Hundreds of sites, varying levels of reliability. Hard to know who you can trust. You know? Like if Kyle Shanahan were a ticket holder, was that like a ticket seller? Like you're not buying tickets from Kyle Shanahan. That's for certain. Right? So it's hard to know who to trust. It's so important in this world to know who to trust. Correct. That's why SeatGeek is the way to go. SeatGeek's like the anti-Kyle Shanahan. SeatGeek pulls millions of tickets into one place so you can easily find tickets you want for the price you're willing to pay. There's nothing quite like being there in person. SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. SeatGeek, it's it's designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever, right? I mean, the app is unbelievable. You search multiple ticket sites. This is what SeatGeek does for you. It searches by, by searching multiple ticket sites and grading every ticket based on value. SeatGeek helps you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget, okay? Every purchase, here's the best part, every purchase fully guaranteed so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Mm. You know, sometimes you're like, oh, like, you know, whatever, Johnny's Ticket Place. And you're like, I, I don't know if this, if this doesn't look real, you know, you know, there's no 33rd of December. What's going on? <laughs> like, so uh, you can shop with confidence on SeatGeek. Make SeatGeek your go-to source for everything from sports and concerts to comedy and theater. Best of all, listeners to this podcast get $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase. I used them this weekend. My kid wanted to go to the LSU-Georgia game. He called me up. He never calls me and asks me for anything. He never calls me and asks me for a favor. But he called and asked me. He's like, can you figure out a way to get me tickets to the LSU-Georgia game? And I said, you bet. And I just opened up my SeatGeek app and bango, bingo. He was at the LSU-Georgia game. Download the SeatGeek app now. Enter promo code FFF. That's promo code FFF, and you get 20 bucks off. Come on, a free 20 bucks on your first SeatGeek purchase. Do it today. SeatGeek, life's an event. We have the tickets. All right, moving along to our rest-of-season discussions about some really interesting, compelling, disappointing, at times frustrating players or situations that have reared themselves to the first six weeks of the season. Let's begin in Pittsburgh. And the latest that we know in regards to Le'Veon Bell is that he will not show up this week. Now, the reality is... I heard they're trading for Raheem Mostert. (laughs) Just let me get through here. So the Steelers are not expecting Le'Veon Bell this week. They are on a bye this week. So for fantasy football lineup purposes, it does not matter. But when he returns... It is currently scheduled to be week eight. I think the question that people are asking is this. In previous years, Le'Veon Bell has shown up, and Le'Veon Bell has gone to subsequently take close to 95% of the carries and have a massive target share in the passing game as well. James Conner and SportsCenter seconds ago tweeted how similar his production has been compared to where Le'Veon Bell was at this time of last season. Mike, I'll start with you. When Le'Veon Bell returns in Week Eight, let's just say let's assume that happens. Do you expect James Conner to be phased out of the offense entirely, or do you just have no clue? I think he. It's will. okay to say no clue. 
I think that we have a no clue about how the situ- whole situation is going to transpire. Uh, we'll, and we'll get to that in a second. But um, I think that Bell is better than James Conner. Oh, I, I sure, yeah. no question. But I and I think over time, if they're both on the same roster, Bell will be the lead back. But at the very least, if Bell is not traded, Le'Veon Bell is on this roster. He's going to play. He's not going to just stand around on the sideline. So that is going to be crushing for James Conner's value. And you just talked about how their stats were similar. It shows you just how important opportunity is. Opportunity is significantly more important than efficiency in fantasy football and filling the box score. And Conner is getting a workload very similar to Bell in a very good offense. And that's why the production has been so similar. So uh, I think even if they wash each other out and it's a total timeshare back there, it's going to hurt their their value a lot. It's going to make them no more than mid to back in RB2 options. So right now, what am I doing? I'm out there, especially off Connor's big game, still shopping. I'm trying to sell them. I mean, I, I got a text from a friend yesterday and he said, hey, should I trade? I got an offer, Joe Mixon for James Connor straight up. I take it. I would take Joe Mixon. Yeah. You know, he's been terrific as well. I think that's hitting the jackpot, essentially. So another one for Devontae Adams, uh, a, a discussion, Devontae Adams for James Connor. I would still be trying to get... A, a fringe cube or a RB1 or wide receiver one and get out of this situation if I possibly can. So, Matthew, let me ask you the Le'Veon Bell side of this equation. You've been waiting this time. But all you, this can, time. I, can I ask you a question, though? Uh, let's Just to follow up on this discussion, though. I agree with you. James Conner Connor's value takes a hit. Whatever, you know, regardless of whatever Bell's role is, when Bell shows up, Conner's role takes a hit. But. Listen, if somebody's offering you Joe Mixon or or whatever, Devontae Adams, sure, you take that. But I don't know how realistic it is because I feel like most most people who know what they're doing right, are, are not going to. The time. We do. We, 100%, I'm just telling we you, see, we do see goofy stuff all it. the time. I get it. But for people that are in leagues with people who, where everyone in the league knows what they're doing, my question to you is, is that let's assume you can't get a no-brainer like a Joe Mixon or a Devontae Adams. Like you trading him for Alex Collins? No, no, right. no, 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 no. So I mean, that's, that's too that's far down saying. the list. That's what I'm saying. Like, so you know, you trading him for Marshawn Lynch? No, I see. Right. That's what I'm saying. You you attack right. a fringe top twelve guy at receiver or running back. You don't just give him away. I'm not saying panic and throw these guys away, but I feel right. the same about Bell as well. And by the way, they so could trade bad. Bell, and you could end up if you have Bell and Connor, you could end up with two top ten sure. running backs going forward. But that that's great, but you you can't just look at the ceiling. You have to consider the risk that they wash each other out if they're both on the same roster. Which my question to you is going to be this, right. Matthew: Is let's say you have been waiting with waiting on Le'Veon Bell for now six weeks oh, yeah. of the fantasy season and the regular season as well? Would you consider trying to trade him away because you're thinking to yourself, like I just can't envision Le'Veon Bell coming back? getting 30 touches a game given how James Conner has played and, frankly, how Le'Veon Bell has discussed his own preservation this season and see if you can pry away a top 10 running back from somebody else sure. who currently has, I'm just, again, I'm starting throwing names out here, Kareem Hunt or Christian McCaffrey or, you know, I just, I just, Dalvin I, Cook, I think. Anyway. Well, I mean, like, here's an interesting one. Uh, and maybe we should do a, maybe we should do a name game here, but, like, would you... It, Le'Veon Bell for Leonard Fournette? Would you do that? No. Like I'd rather have Le'Veon Bell, of course. Right. right. That's why I didn't so, mention. Yeah, right. Like but the, I'm but I'm saying like I don't know that like if I have Kareem Hunt or Christian McCaffrey, why on earth would you trade for Le'Veon Bell? Because, like the uh, the odds that Le'Veon Bell is better than those guys, but in any significant way, I think is slim, and the odds that he's much much worse are far greater. Well, because I would say that people who are currently rostering, you know, because James Conner's not going away either. Okay, but Matthew, again, yeah. it's like we are. Tr- that's yeah, what we're trying to convey is that right. we are telling people we don't think that James Conner is going to because many people Correct. don't 
necessarily view it that way. Some people are thinking it's Le'Veon Bell. He'll show up and have the job unto himself. We are trying to pass along the word that, hey, you might have some reasons for concern given sure. how well James Conner has played. So Mike's takeaway on James Conner was that he would be targeting somebody that has fringe top 12 ability at wide receiver or running back. Names you just mentioned, Devontae Adams, Joe Mixon, for example. Same thing if you have Le'Veon Bell. If you could get a player that has top eight running back upside for a Le'Veon Bell trade, I would do it. I don't know that someone's going to take it. But again, this is fantasy football. People do weird, irrational, goofy, and sometimes emotionally charged things. Right. That's yeah. the point on these. Yeah, and there's there's definitely some people out there watching this shaking their heads like, this is crazy. Nobody's going to give up those players. But if you're in a 10 or 12 team league, it just takes one. One out of the 10 or 11 or 12. Yeah, but but just even one, desperate one person. But like, and it what, happens. We've seen let's it. go a little bit further down then. So I'm going to play an impromptu name team. Would you trade either one of those guys for Robert Woods? No. Robert Woods has been nothing no, short of terrific. I, I love Woods, but that's that's a little... He's got one less point than Julio Jones is here, mm-hmm. just so you know, on Robert Woods. Would you trade either of those guys for Juju Smith-Schuster? Less points I, than Robert no, Woods, incidentally, but I think I would on Juju. I'm buying on Juju. I, I'm buying on Juju I as well. I think he's a top ten receiver. I agree. James Conner, maybe. Yeah. Uh, you would trade James Conner for Juju. Yeah. Yeah. See, I I agree. Like I'm with you guys that if possible, I want out of that business. That's like, what I'm saying. I mean, too. like it, yeah. I I think it's going to be a mix. But I will. The other thing I will say though is this: that until we see something on the field, until we see it on the field. You have to treat James Conner as the starting running back of the Pittsburgh Steelers. You can't sit here because we we literally have no concept of Le'Veon Bell. He was supposed to report yesterday. He didn't. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's it, the whole thing is so mind boggling. Like because you could show up this week if you're Le'Veon Bell, get paid, get paid almost a million dollars, and not play a game, and he's still sitting out. So it and so the 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 thought process of if you're going to report in week eight, why wouldn't you report in week seven? So it's it's mind boggling what's what's going on Don't here. Try to understand what Le'Veon Bell is doing or has done. That is a complete fool's errand. And Correct. Frankly, I'm not sure it ties to fantasy football. Like it doesn't. It does because people are viewing what they think Le'Veon Bell is going to do in terms of how they view his value and James Conner's value. We and that's it. my point: is you can't figure out what Le'Veon Bell is going to do. So until further notice, James Conner is the starting running back of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And if you have him on your team, you should treat him as such. I don't mind trading him for another RB one like Joe Mixon, but. I don't think he can just give them away. Uh, we're going to have to power through these next few topics here. Sorry. Odell Beckham Jr. has been wide receiver 18 on a point-per-game basis so far. I believe he has, what, one touchdown so far this season? Mm-hmm. Really, relative to expectations, has been underwhelming. But, Mike, what do you believe? Like, Is there a turnaround window for Odell Beckham Jr.? Or is the quarterback play just that bad that... The hope is gone in New York. Yeah, first of all, I think we should go back and read the comments from my column in the offseason that said, the headline being, Odell Beckham will score fewer tu- a lot fewer touchdowns this season. So anyway, just pat myself on the NBD, back there yeah. a little bit. Um, nice but really job. quickly, I do like him a lot going forward. I still think he's a top five guy. In fact, I look at looked at going forward projections, 71 catches, 858 yards, five touchdowns. That would be wide receiver four. So still like him. And the, the reason for it, I mean, we know how talented he is. He's obviously a superstar talent. 31% target share is massive. And with a guy that good seeing that much volume, it's going to be extremely hard for him not to deliver in fantasy. So I'm still buying. I, I think he's potentially a buy low. I would make an offer for him yep. uh, in your league. I, I agree with Mike. The, the target share is unbelievable. You know what his talent is. Look, Eli looked bad. There's no question about it. But it was a short week against a divisional foe. Um, and 
it's not like Eli has been super elite and then all of a sudden it's hit a wall. Eli's been bad for a while now, and Beckham has still put up points here. Two of his next four games, Falcons and the Buccaneers. You're going to want Odell Beckham in those games as well. So, so yeah, I mean, remember 2016. Thirsty Kyle brings this up. Remember in 2016, he was wide receiver 20 through through the first five weeks of the season, wound up that season as wide receiver four. So, you know, two years, 2016, he started slow as well. We've seen it. Uh, I'm buying on Beckham. I think we all are buying on Odell Beckham. I think it could start as soon as you guys have said, as Monday night when they play the Atlanta Falcons, a savory matchup there. And you think with listen, secret squirrel in attendance, by the way, you're going to be there. Nice. Do what I can. You know there what you I'm go. saying? Very yeah. cool. I think everybody will look forward to playing on Monday night football. That's how NFL players are wired. Odell Beckham Jr. is Except no exception. Except Alfred Morris. <laughs> Eric Ebron, a couple Still of tight better. ends to get to going forward. Eric Ebron, in terms of points per it's game. It's going to take a long time for me to get over this I one. understand, but we got a show to get through. So Eric Ebron is tight end two on points per game so far this season. That includes with Jack Doyle playing, I believe, for at least the first game, maybe the second game as well for Indy. So he has been pretty good. Touchdown in three straight games and five of his six this season. All right, so you have Eric Ebron, and you're thinking like, all right, is this the sell-high time? Is this the sell-high time, Matthew, on Eric Ebron? I don't think so, and I'll tell you why. First off, I think it's kind of legitimate. I mean, okay. you guys know I am no Eric Ebron fan right. whatsoever, yeah. Yeah. but with with no sign of Jack Doyle and the fact that we, we don't know when T.Y. Hilton is coming back, given how much they're throwing the ball, given Andrew Luck's long history of throwing to the tight end, given his production, and given who he is, Eric Ebron, my point is, is I don't think you could get fair value for what Eric Ebron is. Like, I think that if you try to trade him, people will be like, yeah, it's Eric Ebron. He's going to turn into a pumpkin, Jack Doyle. And, and you're not going to be able to quote sell high on him because I, I think he is more valuable on your roster as the elite fantasy tight end he is than he is on the trade market. Just cause I don't think people are going to totally buy him for the, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's like Jared Cook. It's like yeah, the same like, thing. Like nobody wants to trade for him. No right? one wants to trade for him. So it's just one of those things where I think you just have to, you have to write it out. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Um, and, yeah. Yeah. And we don't know when Jack Doyle is going to be back. They have two more games till their bye, and that could stretch through through the bye, it sounds like. So that being the case, I would hold tight on Ebron. I will say this really quickly, though. Weeks one and two, he ran 34 routes total and was targeted nine times. That's total weeks one and two. In the four games since, with Doyle out, his average is 40 routes a game and 10.8 targets per game. I do believe Doyle is better, and 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 Doyle will knock him down to... Like maybe a good tight end too once he's back, but again, it might be a while. And the only, by the way, uh, the only counterpoint to when Jack Doyle returns is that they've had so many other injuries elsewhere. They signed Dontrell Inman off the street this morning. They're yeah. like, maybe they'll just beef up their two tight end sets in which both of them are actually running routes. We don't know that for sure, but it's something to at least consider given yeah. all their injuries. And, and Ryan Grant got banged up as well. He's got an the ankle severity injury, of that yep. of, of that injury. Uh, honestly, and, and remember, Ebron's new to this team. Doyle's been there for a while, so I think. As he continues to make plays for the Colts and earn the trust and get more chemistry with Andrew Luck, I I agree Doyle eats into a share, but I can't imagine him just all of a sudden going back to you know whatever whatever the numbers were in the first two nine routes is that what you said something nine, like nine, uh, nine, nine uh, targets total nine targets total yeah, like yeah. yeah I mean I I just can't see that happening. Last one here and Rob Gronkowski has been tight end eight on a points per game basis, but the problem is you drafted him to be runaway tight end one. You concerned at all about Gronk right now, Mike? I'm not too concerned. Um, I actually have him ranked be- behind Ebron this week, but I Ooh. still have Gronk at four. Okay. Uh, right now he's, he's seeing a 17% target share as Gronk. That is 
a career low since actually not not including his rookie season when he was a part-time player. Uh, but he is he has been on the field for 91% of the snaps. That's his yeah. highest since 2011. So he's been on the field. I think that the targets will continue to trend up. By the way, he's been top 10 fantasy tight end back-to-back weeks. So I'm not overly concerned. He's still a top five option, and it's very possible he's the number one score going forward. So I do still love him, but short term, you gotta you gotta hedge a little bit. The, the concern is is the lack of red zone targets. He's got one red zone target this year. He's got one, and so I think if there's something to hang your hat on, it's the obvious talent. It's being on the field with Tom Brady. It's that this offense is finally coming into shape. Right? They've gotten Edelman back. They seem to have integrated Josh Gordon now, and so now you've got somebody that can sort of take the lid off the defense that you have to account for. You've got Edelman under, uh, you know, under on the short stuff and so there's Rob Gronkowski in the middle of the field and so even though he wasn't heavily evolved uh, against the Chiefs he still wound up with 90 yards so that's the thing you can hang your hat on you figure the touchdowns are coming but I am concerned I think if I were ranking for the rest of the season if we did a draft today for the rest of the season I would certainly prefer Travis Kelsey and Zach Ertz before mm-hmm. I got to Rob Gronkowski. Right. Gronk wouldn't Third. be a top 20 pick going, you know, if we did our redraft right, right now. Yeah, he was, know, his ADP was overall 19. Yeah. Yeah. Tom Brady made the point recently that the way the defenses are defending Gronk at the line of scrimmage is akin to how they defend gunners in punt coverage, right? You put two guys and you just sort of jam them up there and you try to prevent them from gaining an inch, much less run a 10 or 15 or 20 yard route. Maybe with the continued development of Josh Gordon, Edelman continuing to see more and more work. Other players involved in that offense, James White and Sonny Michelle, that defenses say, well, we can't, you know, if we're going to continue to, you know, it takes one Josh Gordon, six catch, 120 yard, two touchdown game for defenses to say, oh, crap, we can't account for just Gronk because Gordon's going to pick us apart. Maybe that is the key that unlocks the Gronk success. Quick break for us. On the other side of it, we're coming back. Waiver wire time. All right, and now for a quick message from the ZipRecruiter's Smartest Fan of the Week. Hey, this is Gary Wallace, the ZipRecruiter Smartest Fan of the Week. And Daniel is my favorite member of the 06010 because when he makes jokes, they make mine seem funny by comparison. That's fair. That's very fair. It's very, very fair. It's a good point. Absolutely. You are the Mendoza line of comedy is what you are. Is that what I am? Yeah. Tom well, Comforter liked that one. That's amazing. Yeah. Tom Carpenter like the I feel like you had reference. a joke yesterday that was worse than my hamstring recall joke. There's no there, field. There's what was the what was the joke yesterday that was so bad? Worse than your hamstring joke. No, no. I was the, it was the most a new one. It, what was it? Most a new? It might have been mo- yeah, most a new, but that was yeah, still was better really than the hamstring bad. joke. I don't think about my no, no. jokes on the, at their worst moment are still better than your hamstring joke. No mistake. First off, Twitter. It is the worst joke. It is the worst joke. Disagreed with that. In the 12 year history of the 06010, it is literally the worst joke that's ever been told. Wow, there. Daniel, that's hyperbole potentially right wow. there, but that's, I mean, just to be even mentioned as the worst joke of all time tells you something because there have been some stinkers on this podcast <laughs> there really throughout its inglorious existence. That makes yeah. me feel like I'm winning a Razzie Award or something like you that. Might. Yeah, maybe you will. No, nomination. All right. All right well, Field. You can run the, yeah. the ship. Yeah. Well, listen, Field. Uh, Field Rates, of course, does the free agent finds columns every single week on ESPN.com. I'm a company man. Some call it the best piece of content on ESPN.com each week. Absolutely. And by some, we mean Chapin Duke. Oh, so all right. My, yeah. um, so, all right. So let's start here. So bye weeks, right? So Packers, Raiders, Steelers on a bye. Uh, if you need to replace Aaron Rodgers, Ben Roethlisberger, or Russell Wilson, who are you looking for, Field Yates? 
couple of names to keep an eye on this week. Mitch Trubisky over his past two games, nine touchdowns, uh, and he's got a hundred rushing yards over the past two games. We saw this Patriots pass defense against the Chiefs this past Sunday. Um, I think the Patriots defense is probably better than it showed and like listen the Chiefs make every defense look worse than right. it actually yeah, yeah. is fair but I don't think the Patriots are the Baltimore Ravens who are like really the only good defense so far this season um and I think Trubisky based off of the efficiency completing over 71 percent of his passes uh over the past two games the rushing floor helps him into that top 12 or 14 mix for this week as is Baker Mayfield. Now, I know he's got the gimpy ankle right now, but he's got the fourth most passing attempts in the league during his three starts, at least 40 passing attempts in each of his three starts. And he plays the Bucks, the Buccaneers. And think about this. Over the next four weeks, this is how the Baker Mayfield's four opponents rank 28th, 29th, 31st, and 32nd over the next four weeks against the pass. Now, that's the Bucks 32nd, the Steelers 29th, Casey 28th, uh, Atlanta 31st. Like this is the window for him to take a massive leap into fantasy relevance. Yeah, I'm with you there, uh, Baker. I mean, I'm still worried about his efficiency. He's had it. He needs weapons. I mean, the guys are they they keep dropping the ball. His drop rate is double the league average. It's horrible. Yep. It, that's crushing for him. But to step back to Trubisky, I mean, you take away the bye week, focus on the five weeks Chicago has played. He's QB six, and yep. he's also QB three in rushing yards yep. among quarterbacks. So the guy a six is touchdown delivering. game will help that. It will help that, but he's coming off with back to back top yep. five weeks now. So yep. uh, he's been delivering. He's taking a step forward. He has a a good group of weapons. Taylor Gabriel just insanely underrated over the past month. I mean, he should have been on rosters a long time ago. Still available in two thirds of leagues, as I believe we'll get to. So yes, we will. Um, he he has some weapons in place. Obviously, Trey Burton hasn't really even been fully unleashed no. yet. So a uh, pair of running backs. So I. I do like him going forward, and, and you mentioned he should have to throw it a lot in this game. So uh, I'm, I'm with you on Mitch. And and uh, I would agree on on Baker Mayfield. The upcoming schedule, you know, Bucks, Steelers, Chiefs, Falcons is unbelievable for Baker Mayfield. Yeah, if Antonio Callaway could catch, the, I, I, the I mean, Browns need a receiver bad. It's yeah, really they, they, signed, they signed Rashad Perriman recently, uh, a I guy mean, that can catch the ball. I was just yeah. going to say exactly. You know what? We need to solve our drops problem. Rashad Perry. Yes, like, exactly. It's the worst. Rashad Matthews. I can't believe he's not I, on the like, team yet. Right. What are you doing there? I mean, maybe they called Dez up and see if they can figure something out there. Um, it's unfortunate, but even with that, it's an unbelievable schedule for Baker Mayfield. So, uh, I certainly like both those names field. They're good names to keep an eye on. And so, uh, for more quarterback names, be sure to check out the column here. Now, there's a lot of injuries just to sort of keep an eye on as well. So in addition to the quarterbacks, you might be looking to replace. Um, just to give you a heads up here, Devontae Freeman yep. and Matt Bryant, both uh, out for this week's game. Dan Quinn already announcing that they will not play on Monday night. So that means uh, more Tevin Coleman and Ito Smith. Correct. And the Falcons will need a kicker. My little Cooper Cup uh, suffered an MCL sprain. Could miss some time. Uh, this is according to Adam Schefter and sources there. And then Quincy Inunua, who just, you, by the way, I mean, you just talk about, uh, tough breaks there. Uh, high ankle sprain, mm-hmm. zero fantasy points, two straight weeks for Quincy Inunua after such a massive target share. He killed me in a couple of leagues. Yeah, it would not surprise me if Jermaine Curse is uh, wide receiver three while Inunua was out. He just had a big game. And remember, he was wide receiver 26 last season yeah. on the New York Jets. I mean, uh, he's he's been their primary slot receiver Correct. since he became a, a full-time player. And we know Darnold likes going inside. He feasted, uh, he, he force-fed uh, Anunwa with targets early in the season. So Curse is a nice sleeper right now and available in a ton of leagues. Yeah, I, I would agree. It's, I mean, I was getting a lot of Terrell Pryor questions. Honestly, Curse would be the Jets' 
yes. wide receiver I pick up. I he's think he's number one right now. Yeah, I think. And to your point, last year he led the Jets in all, you know, targets, receptions, routes from the slot. And obviously, yes, Darnold likes to throw in in between the numbers there. That's where Noon was lining up and his massive target share. You know, they're going to take some shots to Robbie Anderson, but I agree with you. I think Jermaine Curse very underrated for an improving Jets offense. Secret Squirrel, why don't you tell me about Subaru? I'd love to, Matthew. Did you know if I had a fantasy SUV, it would be a Subaru? But I'd make sure it's a big one with three rows of seats and loads of room for all the gear I like to haul around. Someone at Subaru must have been listening because that's what they just introduced. It's the all-new three-row Subaru Ascent. There's room for seven or eight passengers with a choice of second-row captain's chairs or bench seating. You can choose, choose the arrangement that works best for you and all of your future Hall of Famers and their friends. This is a big deal. Everyone knows Subaru has a reputation for safety. And with the standard symmetrical all-wheel drive, a Subaru gives you the confidence to handle every sort of weather and road condition. Now you can get all of the things that people love about a Subaru along with plenty of room with, for your growing families. The Ascent even comes with 19 cup holders and up to eight USB ports. Both of those things are incredible. Like I said, this is big. The all-new three-row Subaru Ascent love is now bigger than ever. Eight USB ports requires third-row dual USB charging port accessory. And Exploring the Waiver Wire is brought to you by the all-new three-row Subaru Ascent. Love is now bigger than ever. And Matthew, I'm loving me some OJ Howard this week. Are you? Yeah, I am. So am I. Let me tell you all about him. OJ Howard was the focal point of the lead in today's column. Let me just just show Secret Squirrel something. So you see... The idea here is that because Field writes the waiver wire column. I know. I was teeing you finds, up to tee him up. It was a double but then tee you don't need to, you don't It need was like a hockey assist. You were looking like, for the hockey assist. Right. Yeah, I wanted the hockey assist there. Is that what you're trying yeah, to do here? that's my bad. You're kind of like Chris Paul. What, you what make you the pass done, Ricky Rubio. Well, it was very Bill Lambeer-ish because like, you held the ball until there was like, you know, like whatever, or Artis Gilmore, like till there was like four seconds left of the shot clock and you threw it to me. And, and besmirch just, the name of Bill Lambeer, Matthew Berry. I'm just saying what you could have done there. Because what am I supposed to do there with that when you like tell me about Subaru? Tell me about OJ Howard because what I'm going to say, then I'm, then I'm in an awkward spot where I go like, uh, well, I'd love to tell you about OJ Howard, but actually, Field, why don't you tell me about it? Because then it looks like I don't know anything about OJ Howard because obviously I had to know a ton about OJ Howard, but it's oh, do you know Field's a ton about job. OJ Howard? I do. Are I know we- everything about him. I roomed with him two summers ago. So, we, so we, let's, let's get back ahead. to the waiver wires. We got a ton OJ of stuff Howard left to get to in the next week? ten minutes. OJ Howard is my next is my number one tight end to get to this week. He's available in about two thirds of leagues. He has thirteen. He had thirteen more snaps and five more routes run than Cameron Brait in week six. And although Cameron Brait was signed to a six year extension this offseason, like it's pretty clear, like separate and apart from usage, like OJ Howard's the far superior overall player. He's available in a bunch of leagues. He has basically been a top 10 tight end in every week that he has played. He has scored double digits and I believe four of five total games so far this season for OJ Howard. Yes, pounce all over OJ Howard. Let's get to, would you have something to add there, Mike? Yeah, just, uh, just uh, I'm a little more concerned than I was early in the season just because he's only been on the field for 48% of their pass plays in the four games that he's been healthy for the, the whole game and he has uh, four or fewer targets in four of his five games. So a little nervous about that, but I do like that the offense is scoring a lot. I'm a big Jameis Winston fan going forward, so uh, cautiously optimistic, but a little concerned there. I'd like to see him on the field a little more when they're throwing. But in a thin position, O.J. Howard, clearly the number one tight end pickup. Let's move to running back now. Fielden, do you prefer Mac attack or Big Mac? 
as a nickname. Um, oh, I was going to say, I'll go Mac Attack from Marlon Mack because Marlon right. Mack is not that big. He's right. not diminutive, but he is certainly not this, this power back of the LeGarrette Blunt or Derrick Henry type mold. But Marlon Mack, 12 carries for 89 yards against the Jets this past Sunday, gained at least five yards on seven of those 12 runs. We've seen him show off talent in the past. We wondered whether or not he would get that much usage in this game after what we saw from Naheem Hines in previous games. Well, it seems as though Marlon Mack is going to be the, I don't want to say first and second down back because I want to kind of get rid of that term from the first down, from the NFL vernacular. But Naheem Hines, they want to go up tempo. They want to go fast. Naheem Hines is on the field. You want to play traditional offensive snaps? Marlon Mack on the radar. And Hines did outsnap him 29 to 23 in this game. So don't forget that. Hines is probably still the 1A to Mack being the 1B here, but it seems like it's going to be a two man attack. I'm sorry for those. Uh, who I told to, to pick up Jordan Wilkins looks like it's not going to happen anytime soon. Uh, it, it is worth noting, however, that, um, Mac did show some explosiveness. Hines did drop an easy touchdown mm-hmm. there. So it'll be interesting to see their usage going forward. Certainly Mac needs to be rostered in a lot more leagues, especially if you are running back hungry with the, you know, Marshawn Lynch and the Packers backs and everyone, uh, out as well. So, um, uh, or, or James Conner, Chris Carson, actually, for this week as well. What about Peyton Barber, Field? Yeah, I mean, the running back, uh, it thins out rapidly. I just would note that Peyton Barber's available in 57% of leagues, and he had 13 carries and had 17 total touches this past game for the Buccaneers. It just doesn't feel like the Ronald Jones experiment's ever going to come to fruition this year. So Barber is not an ad that I'm super excited about. But again, when you're looking through bye weeks and you're considering, like, do I start the third string running back? For like Aaron Jones or Peyton Barber, like I think at this point you have to start Peyton Barber. Yeah, no question. Go ahead. Oh yeah, I was, I was just gonna say seventy six percent of the runs, ten percent of the targets in Week Six. That's heavy usage. And uh, listen, you don't the inefficiencies and concern. He could lose that job at any minute to Ronald Jones if they want to give him a longer look. But y- when a guy is getting that much workload in the NFL or is a clear lead back in a backfield, they have at least flex value. It's just it's just math. Volume is so much more important. Than efficiency. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, 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 he was top 10 this week. He had not been top 40 his first four games. That's obviously a red flag, but he's at least going to flirt with that flex, uh, that flex area as long as he's the lead back there. Yeah. And I was going to say that when Jameis Winston got started last year, final five weeks, Jameis Winston, the number one quarterback in fantasy, most passing yards in the NFL over those five weeks. Peyton Barber, top 15 in rushing yards per game. So as he got hot, so did Peyton Barber. What about Jalen Richard in Oakland? On a bye this week. Yeah, on a bye week. But this is like we get to four to six teams in a bye in a given week. The Raiders stink. You play in a deeper league, a 16-team league. I'm telling you, you look at the available running back options, and there's very little. But Richard has 31 catches this season, at least six catches in four of his six games. You don't figure they're going to be competitive in a lot of games. That'll lend itself to some, you know, eight to 12 point outings for Jalen Richard. Not a massive ceiling, but if you're desperate, he's a name to keep in mind. Edo Smith also on this list for me on the waiver wire column this week. You mentioned Devontae Freeman unlikely to play on Monday night. Edo Smith is playing basically 50% of the snaps right now alongside Tevin Coleman. So let's move on to wide receivers, Matthew. Can okay. we do that? Yeah, we can absolutely do that. I just one quickly want to mention that Latavius Murray is still available in a little more than 50% of yeah, ESPN surprising. leagues. Very surprising, but obviously when you think about Dalvin Cook, who's rostered in 100% of leagues, Latavius Murray needs to be rostered in 100% of leagues. And he does, so, yeah. Uh, given Dalvin Cook's injury issues this year, mm-hmm. and we've seen what Latavius Murray can do, uh, 
make sure Latavius Murray is still is rostered in your league because if he's not, obviously you're picking him up. Let's move to wide receiver. We've been talking about the Colts a little bit, and a Colt makes your list here at the wide receiver. Yeah, I've got a too. couple of wide receivers to note before you check out the column on ESPN.com. But Chester Rogers for the Colts has 32 targets over the past three games. Some of it may just be be because they have so many injuries, but those continue to pile up. A team signed Dontrell Inman this morning, placing, Mar- placing Marcus Johnson on injured reserve. Talked about Jack Doyle, T.Y. Hilton. They're both uncertain for Week 7. Uh, we don't know when we're going to see the Colts or if we're going to see them ever have a full complement of wide receivers. Ryan Grant is also injured. Chester Rogers, touchdown last week, four catches on 10 targets. Volume, man. Volume can be king in fantasy football. I don't even have any idea if Chester Rogers is a good player, an average player, somewhere in between, but he's getting a lot of targets, and that counts. Last one here, and Mike mentioned him just a minute ago, is Taylor Gabriel for the Bears, who's caught 12 of 12 targets over the past two games and up over 100 yards over each of the, over the past two games as well. And, Mike, do you, I don't know if you happen to know his snap percentage offhand or at least a general vicinity, um, but he's at like 90-plus percent of the Bears' snaps. Like He has been a role player in previous stops in his career. Not the case in Chicago. He's playing all the time. Yeah, 22% target share for a guy who's a downfield playmaker. I mean, like Deshaun Jackson in his prime was not really pushing that far often. He was usually closer to like 18, 19%, and he still delivered into fantasy. Gabriel's at 22% in offense. We're talking up as as playing good football as quarterback, a top five fantasy quarterback two weeks in a row. So you can't ignore that. Seven targets a, a game for a guy that can uh, get you a, a 60, 70-yard touchdown at any given point. That is big time. He is certainly in the wide receiver three discussion against New England. Full wide receiver, I'm sorry, full waiver wire column is up. But in the meantime, time for a crappy promo. It's New York Times bestselling author Matthew Berry with another self-serving, self-indulgent, all-about-me promo. Well, guys, today, as you know, is the launch of the NBA season. Very excited about that, right? And with the launch of the NBA season also comes the launch of NBA DFS. And if you play DFS for the NBA or for NFL, I'm excited to announce the launch of rotopassdaily.com. Same theory as Rotopass, but now for DFS sites. You get full access to sites like Fantasy Labs and Daily Roto, Roto Grinders, ESPN Plus, of course, RotoWire. Our friends at Roto Tracker give you access to their site as well. So go check it out at rotopassdaily.com if you are a hardcore DFS player. If you want to get better, if you want to try to win, uh, I think this is a terrific site. I've gotten the best of the best of the DFS sites with lineup building tools, with uh, tons of analysis, cheat sheets, everything you could possibly need and more to crush at DFS. Go to rotopassdaily.com. Dot com and if you use the promo code launch l a u n c h launch all caps fifteen percent off so uh just as kind of a, a celebrate launching that as well we're we're still in a little bit of beta mode but because of the nBA season launching day wanted to get it out there rotopassdaily.com check it out time now for back that up he's a brainiac. he's my clay all right Mike let's begin with Deshaun Watson and the Houston Texans, who face the Jacksonville Jaguars on the road. I had a difficult time here. I mean, I dragged him way down in my quarterback. I think I had him at like 15 of my yeah. week uh, seven quarterback ranks. How about you? Yeah, I'm pretty low as well. And I want to love him because the volume he's been getting, you know, throwing deep, uh, obviously a lot of pass attempts. He runs the ball. He's kind of seemingly on the verge of a huge game, but it hasn't come yet. And he's going up against this Jacksonville defense. It's allowing the six fewest fantasy points. 
to quarterbacks this season. I know that he was just sliced up in Dallas by, uh, or they were sliced up in Dallas by Dak Prescott. But prior to that, they only the best finish against him was QB seventeen. So they've been great this year until that game. Not to mention Watson coming off a rough game against Buffalo and the Houston offense. I don't think many of us realize this, but they've cleared two touchdowns in a game one time this season wow. and they've scored exactly one touchdown in back to back games. So too much pressure on Watson with behind that poor offensive line, too many sacks, too many interceptions up against a great defense. I think that, uh, Watson, if you can afford to find a replacement this week. Yeah. I'm with you on that one, Mike. It is a, I think he comes in in our initial ranks at 13. Um, for quarterback rankings that. this weekend. <laughs> Say it again. You're lower than that. Yeah, I'm you low. have fifteen point six. You have at seventeen. I've got him at yeah. quarterback fifteen this week. All right, Mike. Next one here: Saquon Barkley, RB two. How could you have him RB one? Oh, wait. I know. Todd Gurley exists. That's how. Yeah, exactly. That's the only reason he's not number one. Todd Gurley, pretty uh hashtag good at football as well. So uh Barkley's awesome, of course. Top thirteen all six weeks so far. He's uh he is four top five fantasy running back weeks. I'm sorry. Averaging 14 carries, 8.3 targets per game. And oh yeah, the Falcons, you can run on them. They've allowed 33 fantasy points per game to running backs so far. And believe it or not, they've been top 10 in fantasy points allowed to running backs all six weeks. So, uh, what else is there to say? The matchup's great. The player's great. The opportunity is great. He's, uh, positioned for another huge week. You're obviously starting him in season long. Consider him for DFS as well. Last one here for you, Mike, is Alvin Kamara. Who last week, uh, sort of, he saw his work just get cut out two weeks, or I guess not last week, but like last Monday night, eight days ago with Mark Ingram returning. What do you expect for him going forward? Yeah, I, I still like him a lot. We talked about this last week. I'm not panicking on Kamara. It seemed like he was just overworked for a month. They gave him a break in that game. He's still way too good to be standing around the sideline. So I expect him to play a big role in a huge game. I can't wait to see how both teams show up in this game with New Orleans going into Baltimore has been one of the best teams in the league. So I've come around at 18.8 points. It's fifth most at running back. The Ravens have been the best defense against fantasy running backs so far. But Kamara has been at the number one scoring fantasy running back three of the five weeks he's been active. We know he plays a huge receiving role. He's still super efficient, 4.8 yards per carry, 9.2 yards per reception. So even with Ingram mixed into that backfield, I have no doubt Ingram, uh, excuse me, Kamara will be a star going forward. And, you know, 15-plus touches this week, I mean, that should be enough to make him an RB1. A lot of people needed to hear that. A lot of reassurance needed after Alvin Kamara's down week in oh, yeah. week uh, week Try five of the NFL season. Try to trade for him. I've heard. You got it. That's, that's one that I've heard some crazy trades for, yes, too. Yes, people, people are panicking, panicking yeah. on Alvin Kamara. Do not do not fall uh, victim to that. By the way, he checks in at running back five in our week seven ranks. The lowest anybody has him is running back eight. The highest is three. So people have a lot of confidence in Alvin Kamara. This week, at the end of tomorrow's show, we have a special guest. Her name, Mina Kimes, the great Mina Kimes, the host of the Bootleg po- uh, Podcast, and yes. you see her all over ESPN platforms. Tonight, we have NBA. Why hosts. is why why is Mina Kimes slumming with us? Uh, I asked her. I was like, "Listen, we really need some star power. Right? We've been struggling recently. <laughs> sure, you know." And she's like, "All right, fine. I'll come. That's on. fine. She'll yeah. slum. All right. Well, yeah. that's great. Mina Kimes is awesome. That's awesome. She is great. Good get. Nice job. See Thanks. you, squirrel." Uh, there you have it. Mike Clay is Mike Clay NFL on Twitter and Instagram. Matthew Barry is Matthew Barry TMR everywhere on social media except for the Fantasy Life app where he is at Matthew Barry. The Fantasy Show. Sorry on if ESPN I sorry if I blocked you last night. I I went on a block. I went on a blocking uh, Dikembo Dikembe Mutombo type rage. Contrary to Matthew's beliefs, those do not count towards our Fantasy Basketball League, which kicks off tonight. You are still. At zero blocks as of now. I'm playing that Secret will change Squirrel tonight. You're going down, Secret Squirrel. He did yeah, matchup right. between those two. I am at Field Yates on Twitter and Instagram, and I don't do other social media. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Peace out.
Center for 45 seconds. I think you could do better than me because I don't think you could. Jail bait, feel yeah. You're 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 terrible at hashtag improv. At 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 at, at feel yeah. At feel yeah. Still find your bell. Oh, don't let Barry convert you. <laughs> Secret squirrel, Daniel Dobbs. Make 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 it happen. Mediocre fantasy advice. You're older than people. Today's horoscope brought to you by GEICO. Today begins a journey toward a new you, Aries, making smarter, healthier decisions for yourself. Starting with going to GEICO.com and discovering you could save hundreds of dollars a year on car insurance with GEICO. You will also attend your first fitness boot camp. Your journey toward a new you will stumble after your 11th burpee and ends with you hyperventilating in the parking lot. Tomorrow's a new day, Aries. GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.